Bibles or look on the projector screen behind me to 1 Samuel's chapter 1. 1 Samuel chapter 1. We'll start in verse number 1. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. First Samuel chapter one, verse number one. You know, I'll let you in behind the curtain a little bit. I struggle on special holidays that we celebrate when it comes down to preaching. So I'm always going to God specifically, like God help me, because what I don't want to do is focus on any particular group of people. Because God's word is supposed to touch everybody. God's word is supposed to speak to everybody's heart. And so I never want to get everybody together and only one group really receive and the other group kind of like, ah, well, you know, it was Mother's Day and so the mothers got it, you know, but, you know. So I try my best to seek the Lord for a word that will help us all. And so I pray that the word of God will speak to mothers and everybody else. Hallelujah. First Samuel chapter one, verse number one says, now there was a certain man of Ramathim, Zophim, of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zoph. And Ephraite. And he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Penina. And Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice. Somebody say sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Penina his wife and to all her sons and her daughters portions. But unto Hannah... He gave a worthy portion. You might as well say he gave a double portion. For he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. And her adversary also provoked her sore for to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. Man, we tease people and give people a hard time and don't know why what's going on with them is going on with them. And we go around and what we like to measure in our own ways and how we think, I can't believe this. How can this? And you have no idea what the Lord's will is for that person and what's going on in that particular situation. We ought to understand that people belongs to God. And God is doing stuff in people's life. 
And we got to make sure we understand where God stands with his people. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, before we leave here this afternoon, oh God, will you give us something that will bring us closer to you? Will you give us something that will change our heart, that will transform our mind, that will change our direction if we're not going in the direction you want us to go? I pray that by the Spirit of God, that hearts and minds and situations will be overshadowed by the power of the Holy Ghost. And that, Lord God, the Word of God will speak volume, will speak powerfully and miraculously into our heart. That, Lord, we will leave definitely changed. Lord, we need your spirit because, God, what needs to be done cannot be done by our own effort. But the power of the Holy Spirit for is not by might, not by our might, not by our power, but it's by your spirit, saith the Lord. Can anything be done in this place? We yield to you and we put ourselves under your authority and we pray that you have your way today heal the sick cleanse the leper let there be signs wonders and miracles in this place that lord whosoever will and whosoever call upon the name of the lord lord you will meet and exceed their need today today lord god we ask you these things in jesus name somebody say amen Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We've entitled, or the Lord has led me to entitle this message, Favored. 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 Tell your neighbor, I am favored. Uh huh. Tell your neighbor that told you they're favored. Tell them, I am favored. You ain't the only one favored. It is possible the most cherished desire of a woman is to have a loving husband and to bear and raise children. You know, before I go any further, can I say this? We can sometimes live our life in denial of what God has really placed in your heart that he wants out of your life. And sometimes because we lack the faith and sometimes because we lack the, 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 the fortitude to say, let me just do what I feel strongly in my heart to do. A lot of times we just don't do it. And we know that there's something deep in our heart that it didn't come from man and it didn't come from nobody else. But it's something deep down inside of me that I could not identify where it came from. But now that I've been going to church, I'm understanding that there's something deep down within me that God placed in me and I got to trust him that I can bring it forth and not live in denial and not live in frustration and not just say, well, maybe it's just not God, but will I push and get it out of me? Because it was God that put it in me. 
Just as God will do in the spiritual, in the natural, He will do in the spiritual. And if God has created women to have this desire to say, I want to be married to a loving husband, and I want to raise up children of my own, and be able to be a mother, if God has put that in you, then I'm sure if He did it in the natural, He has done it in the spiritual. We just sometimes ignore things. We just sometimes don't want to put the effort in that. That that sometimes we we weigh things and we look at it and says, uh, yeah, but it's gonna take so much time. It's gonna take so much effort. But here I am to tell you today, uh, if it's worth it, uh, put the time in it. If it's worth it, uh, put the effort into it. It doesn't matter how much time or effort uh, if it's worth it, because I can spend a lot of time doing things that's worthless. I can spend a lot of time on things. As a matter of fact, after I got saved, I realized how much time I spent doing worthless things. And now I live for God, crying out to God, saying, God, help me to do what's right now because I've I've done so much or so many things that had no meaning. It was just what I liked. And I realized it really didn't have any meaning. I was just doing it because I liked it. But it didn't produce anything good. For me. And so God has put into a woman the desire to marry a loving husband and raise up children. Even if a woman for some reason cannot bear children, she usually desired to adopt or to influence the life of a child. So even if you cannot have children as a woman, you, you desire to either adopt or You just want to have influence on a child's life or children's life to help them be what you believe they need to be. So God has put that in you. To be happily married and to bear children still remains one of the most important goals of any woman. William Funk, I don't know if you remember him, but I remember growing up they had the Funk and Wagnall dictionaries. But William Funk author of several dictionaries and noted speaker identified the 10 most moving words in the English language. I thought that was something that would, was worth sharing. The 10 most moving words in the English language. Here they are. Alone. Alone is the most bitter word. Death. Death is the most tragic word. Love. Love is the most beautiful word. Revenge. (laughs) Revenge is the most cruel word. Tranquil is the most peaceful word. Forgotten. This one kind of messed with me. I don't know why. Forgotten is the saddest word. Friendship is the warmest word. Listen to this one. No is the coldest word. I didn't know it was the coldest word, but I don't like to tell people no. I always try to navigate without saying no. Now I know because no just, it's cold. Sometimes you got to say no. 
Because God said no sometimes. But nevertheless, in the English language, when we hear no, it just feels cold. You're just cold to me. Faith is the most comforting word. And I said all that to say, mother is the most reverent word. Now, we know we we reverence God. But when you think mother, you want to get into a fight. Tell somebody something bad about their mom. Now you know how we reverence the word mother. You don't go down, go down that road messing with people. Just leave mother out of it. You might can get away with saying something about dad. You might can get away. You can never get away saying nothing about nobody's mama. It doesn't matter what you think of their mama. It doesn't matter what mama's going through. You better not say nothing about mama. Unless it's something good. Even though in our competitive workforce, childbearing is not looked upon as it used to be looked upon. In corporate America, I've seen it with my very own eyes. When a woman gets pregnant, it's frowned upon. She's going to be out of work. You got to get somebody to fill her spot. She used the benefits that she have at work. And so companies seem to frown on that. But it doesn't matter what the companies think. doesn't matter what anybody else think. The calling to motherhood still remains one of the most respectable calling of God. The woman who wants and desires children but has none, knows the pain of an empty crib. Nothing raises the ire of this woman more than to see mothers mistreating their children emotionally and physically. I'm going somewhere. What also hurts the woman who wants a child is to have mothers seemingly flaunt their children in their face. Baby showers can be a dagger to a woman that wants to have children but can't. I don't know if we ever think about that, who we invite to our showers and all that stuff, but a woman that wants to be married and have children and it hasn't happened for her and she has to go to a shower, she might come and do her part and might, you know, be a great blessing, but it could be a troubling thing for her. The childless woman wonders why can't she wear maternity dresses or push a baby stroller through the mall. Brothers, those are things we never think about. That's how deep women are. If she's a woman that want to be a mother, want to have a child, want to be happily married, she think about that. I want to wear maternity dress. I want to wear my own maternity dress because I'm pregnant. I want to push my baby stroller through the mall because that's my baby. And there's some things that women have desires for that God put into you that men have no idea of. In some instance, this obsession, the desire to have a baby, to bear a child can even block her ability to conceive because it gets really crucial and the struggle from within sometimes can just block things. No private battle is greater than a woman desiring to have a child but 
but unable to do so. I say all that so you can understand this woman, Hannah, that we're talking about today in the Bible. Hannah was well beloved by her husband, Elkanah, but she was barren. To make matters worse, the customs of those days, customs of those days, permitted a man to have more than one wife. The custom in those days. Because I don't want no man to leave church today instead of preacher read in the Bible that I can have more than one wife. You know, you want, to tell, you want me to tell you a deception about that? It shouldn't be called a second wife if you have another wife. What it takes to make one wife happy, you cannot make two wives happy. You cannot make three wives happy. That is ridiculous. So the second and third, they don't, they don't have a husband. They just have a dude that just once in a while come through. He's not a husband. But somehow we have put it, oh, you can have more than one wife. No, only one. Ain't no woman that easy. To make you able to have multiple wives. That relationship is not wife and husband. That is something else. So they need to change that word wife. Something about more than one wife. You're crazy, dude. Man, I know, I don't know, brothers, y'all know the ladies. And if, if you know it's a challenge just being a good husband. It's a challenge. How are you going to be a good husband to... I don't know how they came up with that stuff. They lied. They should never call it wife. The ones that came after the first one was not a wife. (laughs) Hannah shared her husband with another woman named Penina, who bared several children for Elkanah. Even though Elkanah loved Hannah more than he did uh, Penina, Hannah still was in a place where she didn't have any children, and that just drove her crazy. And so Elkanah would show Hannah how much he loves her. He would treat her really good. As a matter of fact, the scripture says, as we read this morning, earlier as we read, the Bible says he gave her portions, meaning he gave her more than what he gave his wife, his other wife, I hate saying that, his other wife and those children. So everybody had their little individual portion that he gave them, but Hannah had more than she can handle, double portion. She had a whole lot because he's trying to let her know, I love you more than that wife, but I wish you could have children, and I know you can't, but I'm going to show you how much I love you, though. The names Penina and Hannah lend themselves to this analogy. Penina name means jewels. Or precious stones. That's what her name means. Jewels or precious stone. Penina is much like traditional religion. All show, but no power. All show, but no demonstration. All show, but no proof that God is in charge. That's traditional religion. We just want it to look good. 
traditional religion says as long as everything look good, uh-uh. as long as things are presented a certain way, jewels are like that. You put on a nice diamond necklace, you put on a pearl necklace, you put on anything nice, any beautiful stone, it looks good. It's a look thing. And unfortunately, in this day and age, religion is trying to look good. We want to go to the church that do things on the cutting edge. That, that, that they're trying to impress the world. And they're trying to say, look how we look and look how we do things. It's a, it's a good look, but is it powerful? It's a good look, but is there demonstration? It's a good look, but is Jesus Christ in charge? I don't want no religion that makes me look good. I don't want no religion that says, look at me, but there's nothing happening in my life. I challenge myself and I call upon God all the time to say, show me this thing is real. I can't deal with anything. That's just my lip service, blah, 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 blah. We talking about it, but no action, no power, no demonstration. If you want to be in the right religion or lack for lack of a better word, but I want you to know if you want to know Jesus Christ and him crucified and have a real relationship, there has to be some power. They have to be some demonstration. We can't settle for just going through the motion when we come into a building we call church. But we got to call upon God and say, Lord, we need power and demonstration because God is a powerful God. He's a God that demonstrates and He's a God that's large and in charge of His church. And if we're going to be a part of His church, we need for the power of God to be revealed. As we were singing this morning, you move mountains. I thought about you, Bob. You know, we never know. I remember when you had blood clots. I remember when you went in the hospital and the, and the thought hit me. I don't know if, it, if you ever think about it. It just hit me. I wonder if you weren't living for God, if you weren't seeking after God, what would be the result of all of that sickness and you going in the hospital? Would you have seen your family come to church with you? I thought about that this morning. I said, I don't know what the answer is to that, but I just know he's living for God. And because he's living for God, we're not worried about those things. Because he's living for God, he is here today and able to stand and lift his hands and give God praise because he's living for God. There must be some power and demonstration. I don't want this to just be what it looked like. I don't want this to be that pretty stone. I don't want it to be jewels. But I want it to be a powerful demonstration of God's work. Penina had everything. She had girls and boys. You know, some, sometimes you have all girls and you're like, man, I want a son in that. Or you have all boys and you want your baby girl in that. Not everybody gets sons and daughters. Penina had it all. She had a husband that take care of business. Well, a man that take care of business. She had children. You know, the man feared God and so she good. She flaunted it. Girl, you want to take my son with you to the mall since you don't have no son? Oh, man, she was messing with Hannah. Girl, I know it's tough, but, hey, my kids can help you if you want. Yeah, 
Our husband get ready to come home and spend some time with the kids. Oh, my bad, you don't have none. And I'm sure that's how she operated jewels, jewels, stones. Yeah, that, that, that's how her deal is. But Hannah, her name represents and means favor. Do you want to be a jewel or do you want to be favored? Do you want to just look good but there's nothing else going on inside or do you want favor? Do you want to act like I'm a Christian and people call you a Christian but really you're not or do you want favor? Uh, And so with with, with Hannah, her name meant favor, and Penina's name meant stone or jewels. And I'm telling you today, don't give me no jewels. Don't give me no stones. I know I'm a man, but ladies, you need to follow suit with me. It ain't about the diamond. It ain't about the pearl. It ain't about the jewels. But it's about the favor of God. Because there ain't nothing greater, ain't nothing better than the favor of God. You can keep your diamonds. You can keep your pearls. You can keep all your stones, but give me favor with Jesus. Mess with my son a little bit. He's got God favor in his life, right? And so, that's just the way it is. His daddy tries best to serve God, and I didn't call myself to the ministry. God called me, and usually how it go, when God called one, everybody follows suit. You don't really have a choice. I know sometimes you want to say, I don't want to be like that. He fight all his life. I don't want to be like my dad. Well, once you've been born to that person, you really don't have a choice. That's how God set it up. If you go back in the scripture, um, Levi or Levi, whichever way you want to call it, that was the, the bloodline of the priesthood. So if you were born to that, there was a priest coming out of your home. It just wasn't no choice. But, you know, these young people, they, you know, they so smart nowadays, you know, they trying to figure something out a different way. I don't want to be like my dad. That life he lived, that ain't my thing. Let him live that. I want to go to heaven, but I don't want to live my, my dad's life. And so... God always talked to him. I I tell him all the time, God talked to him more than God talked to me. And so God will do things in his life a lot of times and let him know that he's still there for him. You know, because that's what God do our children. If we stay on our face as parents, as mothers and fathers, as we, if we stay before God and call on his name for our children, God will always visit them. God will always talk to them. Right, Leash? Sometimes you'll be in a situation like you know you were supposed to get in serious trouble. And you know you didn't get in that serious trouble. And you know why? You didn't share that with nobody else. Because you can't go to mama and say, man, I could have went to jail for a lot of years and I got out of that. You didn't go tell that because you ain't want mama to know that her prayer is really working. And so our kids that, that we've been on our face before God about, they, they, get, they get through so many things that could have destroyed them. So they know that they're favored. Uh, that's what I'm trying to get at. And somehow we got to be careful that we don't push back against God's favor and trying to get jewels. Uh, 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 uh. 
Uh, young people, it, it ain't about the jewels. It ain't about the bling bling. It ain't about what you can accomplish on your own. It's not about what you think is the life you like to have. But God created you in His image. And God has a purpose for you. And that purpose is called favor. When you get God's favor, you will fulfill God's purpose. You can try to make your way all you want. Ethan, you can try to make your way all you can you, you can you can try to do all you want. But you stand in here only because you made then the Holy Ghost move on him. You move mountains. You come and he can't control it now. The Holy Ghost is in charge. Oh man, I wish I wish we would realize that's the favor of God. You think any young person can stand here and sing and then the Holy Ghost get a hold of them and all they can do is say what the Holy Ghost says. Sing it that way. God's favor. God's favor. And we don't realize and we take God's favor for granted. And we try to do our own thing. It's like we're rejecting God's favor for something else. You tell me what's more important. What's better? Whatever you're seeking or God's favor. Well, we need to act like it. We need to act like it. You know what God's favor really means? It means God's goodwill towards us. God's goodwill Towards us. You know what God's favor really means? That God accepts us. Mm. God's favor really means His benefits will just flow into your life. So His benefits is flowing into your life. He's accepting you and God. His goodwill is towards you. So no matter what anybody else want to have ill will against you, no matter what nobody think about you, no matter what they want to say about you, no matter how they want to treat you, if you got God favor, it's God's goodwill coming your way. And they can hate all they want to hate. They can be mad all they want to be. They can talk about you all they want to. They can say, ain't nobody got to go to church that much. Ain't nobody got to live like that. They can say that all they want, but guess what they don't have? They don't have God's favor. God ain't accepting them, but He accepts you. Let them say what they're going to say. Help me, Jesus. And so God's favor is God's goodwill towards us. God's favor is His acceptance towards us and the benefits just flowing into us. Hannah's situation of barrenness compelled her to become a forerunner for a new way to pray. If you know the story, because of this barrenness, not having children, it didn't matter how great she was treated by her husband. It just, she just couldn't just be still and couldn't be content within herself because she wanted children so badly. And because she wanted children so badly, she prayed like she's never prayed before. The way our people prayed back then, they probably just meditated and rehearsed their prayers and just say it a certain way. But when Hannah prayed, the priest saw her like her mouth was moving. It was like she was in a trance. And they're like, what kind of woman is praying like that? And she was laying down prayer like never before. And they're wondering, what in the world is going on? She looked like she's drunk. 
She's praying so hard. She's praying so like with, with passion. And they're like, we've never seen anything like this. She must be drunk. But she was being a forerunner for how we can approach God. She was being a forerunner. She was teaching us something that when you have a desire, a passion from the Lord, when you have a need from God, you know only God can meet this need. It will make you go to God in a different way. When you realize that what you need, nobody else can give it to you. Only the Almighty God. You will stop playing games and stop playing oh whatever you're playing and you will stop saying that little baby prayer and just go before God. And begin to say, God, I may not know how to pray like the preacher prayed. I may not know how to pray like that sister prayed. But God, I got this thing in me that says I need to have a child from you. And only you can produce that child in me. And God, I'm asking you to use your power and to use your strength and your miracle working powers. And put a baby in my womb. What have you seek God for? That you wanted it so bad. That you was willing to be talked about by people. Be called names by people. Because you're going after something that only God can give you. But if you're going after it and only God can give it to you. It's going to cause you to be a little different. It's going to cause you to be a little weird. It's going to cause you not to be like everybody. Because you see, when you have God's favor, you're not like everybody. We want to have God's favor and be like everybody. The two don't go together. Either you have God's favor and you're different and you're godly. Or you have no God's favor and you can be like everybody else. But you can't have it both ways. Favored. And so, Hannah prayed. In her prayers, Hannah promised the Lord that if he will give her a son, she will give him back to the Lord. You mean to tell me all that she's been going through all the teasing and mocking and all of what Penina been doing. You mean to tell me she want a baby from God just to give it back to God? Hold on, Lord. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Lord. You mean to tell me the woman prayed. I mean, she was lighting the place up with prayer, giving all her heart, mind, and soul in prayer because of how much, how badly she wanted this child. And she's telling you? And if you give it to me, Lord, I'm going to give him back to you. Now, what sense do that make? Now, don't get spiritual on me. Get, get out of the spiritual mindset. You just go back to your natural ways. Because let me tell you something, in case you don't know this. All of us have a place in our life where it's all emotion and no spirit in certain things in our life. So you're not going to be able to use faith in every single thing in your life. You've got some areas in your life that you can never operate in faith. It's all emotion. You don't believe me? Abraham. The Bible called him the father of the faith. Well, he was walking through Egypt. He got nervous and says, boy, my wife is so beautiful. If Pharaoh find out that she's my wife, 
He's going to kill me and take her for himself. So you know what I'm going to tell Pharaoh? She's my sister. So that way, he won't take my wife. I thought he was the father of faith. I thought he had a whole lot of faith. Abraham, faith! What happened to his faith then? Because all of us have an area in our life that faith will not work. Your emotion will be what works. And that's why we need God. And that's why you need somebody praying for you. Because that particular situation, you will not be able. You either going to ball, you're going to be upset, you're going to be all off your game. You will not operate in faith. Just don't make it be a whole lot of areas in your life like that. <laughs> but it's just funny how we call Abraham father faith. And he buckled under pressure. Yeah, I don't want Pharaoh to take my wife. I don't want him killing me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Help us, Lord. And so she said, Lord, I'll give this back to you if you will give it to me. What kind of sense does that make? To me, I don't believe that make a whole lot of sense. God will bless her with what she desired, what she prayed for, why would she do such a thing by giving it back to the Lord? I thought she desperately wanted that baby to do her thing and all of that good stuff. Why would she give that back to the Lord? Hannah learned that for prayers to be answered, it must line up with the will of God. We're praying prayers to satisfy our own desires that came from us. There's a scripture that says in, I think it's Psalms 37 verse 5, where it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, this is revelation to me because I quote that scripture all the time. Guess what I'm quoting? Guess what I'm going to tell you today? All the time I've been quoting it. I've been saying, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. It didn't say pray to get the desires of your heart. It says delight in the Lord to get your desires. Let's, let's think about that for a second. He didn't say pray to get the desires of your heart. He says delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And you know how accurate that is? Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. It says, give no thought on what you may eat and what you may drink or what you may wear. It says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. So here is revelation from God. When you understand what his purpose is and you pray his purpose, he will take care of that. But if you want something for yourself, all you have to do is delight yourself in the Lord. Amen. Did I go too deep? Uh, you, you, you with me? Right. So to get the desires of your heart that you, you, that you want. God, I would like a nice house. He says, delight in me. God, God, my car just don't work anymore and I get so much power. Delight in me. God, I need to pay off some bills. Delight in me. Lord, I'm broke. Lord, I need some money. Lord, I need a job. 
I don't think that's the way to do it. I think we've been doing it wrong. We've been praying for stuff that God says, nah, I got that. I just need you to delight in me. And here is the trick that we know that I've always understood about that is here is what we need to understand. You know why you say delight in me? Because if I'm your delight, whatever I give you, it will never get in between our relationship. That's what he's trying to say. That's why it's not pray. Because guess what? You can pray sincerely for something. And when you get it, it gets in between you and God. But when you delight in God and he gives you the desires of your heart, nothing gets in between. Because you're going to look at it and say, yeah, I appreciate it. But God is my delight, not my car. God is my delight, not my house. God is my delight, not my money. And we want stuff from God. The only way to get it is delight yourself in God. But to get all the other stuff answered, you got to pray the will of God. Oh. So all the other stuff that you need, Lord, I want the will of God to be done. You have to start praying what is the will of God. And so Hannah understood that her getting a baby boy, she prayed for a boy, not a girl, her getting a baby boy. And given him for the work of the ministry, God had to answer. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. Y'all ain't hearing me. God says, listen, he is seeking us. He seeks us because he wants us to be a part of his great master plan. He wants us to be involved with what he's doing in the earth. And so when you're praying, say, God, will you bless me with a man child so I can give him back to the work of the ministry, so I can give him back to the kingdom of God, which you think God's going to do? She was praying with the will of God in mind. Until we pray with the will of God in mind, we're going to frustrate ourselves and wonder what kind of God we serve and wondering is the church really real and wondering why we can't see miracles and wondering why we can't see the power of God. We got to stop praying our lustful things and our own little give me this, give me that. Uh, uh, it was a mother that's teaching us this. This is why I'm talking about this woman today, because it's a mother that understood what God was all about and how to approach God and how to receive from God. And so she told the Lord, I will give him back to you. Let me say this. The gift is not more important than the giver of the gift. The gift is not more important than the giver of the gift. But we let that become the case oftentimes. God gives you something and you forget God exists. Oh, girl, I've been praying. I fasted and, and God gave me blah, blah, blah. And now you don't miss two weeks in a row in church. <laughs> but all while you was praying, you wasn't missing. I was there. As soon as God gave you, you know why? Because you prayed for it. You didn't delight yourself in God. You, you want to get good stuff from God? Just delight yourself in Him. Take pleasure in Him. Let me, I'm going to say this one time, one time. Just stick a pin in people's balloons. 
long time ago, holidays, church was packed. People look forward to going to church on holidays. If they didn't go to church no other day, they went to church on a holiday. Long time ago. That was the practice. I'm, I'm going to church. Nowadays, we look at our vacations. Ooh. All right. I'm going on vacation. I'm going to do this around this time. I'm going to do that around that time. So we plan our pleasures out of God. Watch it. Our pleasures now are outside of God. Back then, our pleasures were in God. So how do I know my pleasure is in God? When the holidays, all I can think about is going to church and worshiping the Lord because that's what I take pleasure in. I take pleasure in being in the house of God, worshiping the Lord, enjoying my brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, hearing a word that's going to help me. That's what I take pleasure in. I don't take pleasure at being on some great lavish vacation on the days that the holiday fall on the day that I go to church. So that's how you know if you're delighting. Just, I'm just giving you an example so you can check yourself and say, am I delighting in the Lord or am I delighting in my pleasures? Now, nah, that ain't to make you feel guilty or nothing. I'm just showing you principles that will work if you practice them. And so if you practice the principle of delighting in God, like where do you, where do you have the best time of your life? Don't lie. Just, you ain't got to answer it. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Where do you enjoy yourself the most? European trip? The Caribbean, as we like to say? Niagara Falls? Where do you enjoy yourself the most? I'll I'll leave you with that. New Year's Eve? Where we go? All I'm trying to do is to help you receive the desires you have in your heart. I am not trying to give you a hard time. I just don't want you to be frustrated. And so you've been trying to be a good Christian, praying, God, will you bless me with this? And God hasn't done it yet, and you're mad with God. And then you get so mad with God, sometimes you don't even go to church. Man, I ain't going to no church. God ain't blessed me. What's the sense of going? I've been praying, and I don't get it. I get there when I get there. That's what you say. But you've been doing it wrong. And you're getting mad with God and you're doing it wrong. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Pray the prayers that are the will of God and God will answer those prayers. If you didn't learn anything today, you learned that. Right? If you want God to answer prayers, pray his will. Right? So if you have a relative that you want to see one day come to God and live for God, never stop praying that prayer. That prayer is God's will. The Bible says it's the will of God that all be saved and none perish. So if you have unsaved family members, just say, God, I even read it says that the promises unto me and to my children and to them that are far off. So God has made a promise already that if you get saved, people that are connected with you will get saved also. That is the will of God. Will you pray that? You don't have to worry. Is he going to answer that? I don't care how long it takes. He will answer that prayer. This is why 
he's still where he at. Because that's what I've been praying, and he's trying to do his own thing. So he's in, he just, he's just like this. <laughs> that's why he's like this. Because he's trying to move forward on his own, and I just keep praying. So when I pray, he try to move. <sighs> so he just keep going like this. That's his life right there. And I'm trying to tell him how to move forward. He don't want to do it. So, well, I just keep on praying. God save my children. Whatever obstacle the devil try to put before them, Lord, remove it. Whatever the devil try to do to make them go in the wrong direction, put a roadblock in it. Whatever the devil try to do, Lord God, to let them perish and be destroyed, I come against it in the name of Jesus. Let them not be led astray by any vices of Satan, or let them not let it be led astray by their lust and by sin, but keep them, Lord. Put your hand upon them, protect them, and defend them, and save their soul. Bring them into the kingdom of God that they will serve you all the days of their life. That's how I be praying. So you're going to live his life like this. Until he forget about his stuff, then he can start living his life like this. And you can do the same for your children too. <laughs> Just keep on praying those prayers. So, because that's God's will. That they be saved and that they not perish. That's God's will. God will answer those prayers. Your motivation for your prayers are very important. Some people seek answers for their prayers in order to appease their own lust. Hannah's desire for his son was for more to to not pacify her ego. She didn't ask for her son to pacify her ego or to, to silence Penina because she was bragging. No, she wasn't praying prayers because she didn't want to be ridiculed by Penina anymore. No, she wanted to give something back to God. And Hannah had the right motives in her prayer. Your prayer should be, God, I'm praying this because I want to give something back to you. And so it is for yourself. When you pray to God, you're supposed to say, God, I thank you for saving me. And I want you to use me to help to advance your kingdom. Just like you bless me and you call me in and you keep me. Let me do something for you, Lord. Let me do something for you, Lord. All of us are supposed to feel a spirit of appreciation and say, God, let me do something for you. We can't have God touch us and save us and bring us in and bless us and provide for us and all we do is just chill and say, I'm blessed and highly favored. All we do is walk around and say, we bless. And highly favored and not showing appreciation and say, God, I am so thankful. I am so appreciative of all that you've done. What you want me to do? Show me how I can help to advance your kingdom. Amen. Amen. We frustrate ourselves. I wish somehow what I'm saying today can just be transmitted into your heart and you get it and walk out of here today and just start doing it. Amen. Because I don't want you living a frustrated life. And we're frustrating ourselves. We're being like Penina. Bling, bling. Look at me. But doing nothing. Uh. Ooh. Ooh. Listen. After Hannah prayed, God gave her son. Her son's name was Samuel. She prayed to the Lord, and when he gave her a son, and she said, I'm going to give him back to you, 
God gave her what we call a seer, a prophet, a judge. The man was an awesome man of God. That's what she prayed and God gave her. Awesome man of God. And so now the whole Israel, she prayed and got a man that now would judge and would, would, would be a, a, a prophet to the whole nation. And when God gave her that man, she gave him back to the Lord. And he would do great things for God. Listen to this. When he gave her that man child and she gave him back to the Lord. I don't know if you know, but God blessed her with three more sons and two daughters. I call God the topper. Because ever since I've known the Lord, anything I think he will do, he always do it better and greater than I ever can imagine. God will always top you. Whatever your thoughts are, this is why the scripture says he will do exceeding and abundant above whatever you can what ask or think. So whatever I'm thinking, whatever I'm asking, he always exceed that because that's just the kind of God he is. So she asked for a baby, one child, and he gave her six children. And one was a seer, a prophet, a man of God. That was just unbelievable. So, I didn't read too much about Penina's children. I don't know what they did. Maybe they did something. But they wasn't like Samuel the prophet that we're talking about right now. They wasn't the seer. They wasn't the judge. Bling, bling, but no power. Bling, bling, but no demonstration. Bling, bling, but no good use. And so I want to be a part of God's kingdom where there is demonstration, Samuel the prophet, where there is power, Samuel the prophet, where there is a move of God's spirit, Samuel the prophet. And when you pray the will of God, God will produce in you and produce through you a powerful demonstration of his spirit. God won't just give you any regular things, but when you're favored by God, God will produce great things and miraculous things. The Things that you want, God will exceed them. God will go so further than what you can ask or think. It will blow your mind. You just got to realize you're favored by God. And if you would trust God, he will do exceeding, abundant. You're favored by God. I'm finished. Ah. Let me tell you this. In case you don't know. God ties scriptures together. These days when I read God's word, sometimes, man, I tell you all the time, I say to God, dude, you are ridiculous. You know how we talk to each other, we talk to each other about, I'm like that with God. I'm like, dude, you are incredible. Because Hannah obtained the favor of God. Yes, her name was favor. She obtained the favor of God because she spent a lot of time before the Lord, in the, house, in the house of the Lord. She spent a lot of time with God. And she obtained favor with God, so it matched her name. And I realize how special that is. Listen, the, 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 we are favored by God, some of us, 
Because here's how the favor of God comes. Here's how the favor of God comes. The Bible says the church is the bride of Christ. I'm finishing. So if you become a part of the church, you become his bride. That's how you become. So, you know, sometimes we hear these different kind of preaching. We don't realize. I like to try to get to the, you know, where there's meaning. And so if, if, if we give our life to Christ, the Bible says, except we be born again of the word and of the spirit, we cannot enter into the kingdom of God. We cannot become a part of the body of Christ. We cannot become the church. But if we become born again of the word and of the spirit, we become a part of the church. Right? And so the church is the bride of Christ. That's why you're favored, Keisha. No matter what's going on, the devil be mad at you. Because he be trying to, you know, make you feel like, you know, you ain't doing everything you need to do, but you still got favor. And he's like, oh, she get away from me. Every time he think he got you, ah, she get away from me. When you got God's favor, you frustrate the devil so much. Because every time he think he got you, all of a sudden you just, mm, get off me, boy. And he's like, how do you get out of that? Because I'm favored. And so you become a part of the church. You become the bride of Christ. But here is this. God don't have no barren bride. His wife got to have a baby. As a matter of fact, his wife going to produce children, not a baby. And so, ladies, in the natural, if you don't have any children, if you're having a hard time having children, you just become a part of the bride of Christ. Because once you become his bride, you now, he called the church the mother of us all. So in biblical terminology, almighty God is the father and the church is the mother. This is why, this is why when you're born, you're born through the church. Because it's the mother giving birth. Oh, Holy Ghost. This is what's so special about the church. The church is God's bride. And the bride is the one that get impregnated with children and give birth to children. You cannot be saved unless you, unless you become a part of the church, you can't be saved. Because how else are you going to be born into the kingdom? No other way but becoming a part of the bride and giving birth. And so, I close with this. Even if we can't, or it's not the time, or whatever the case may be, to have children. If you become a part of God's church, you become God's bride, and you'll begin to have a whole lot of children, spiritually. Because when people come into this church, and you're a part of them being born in, being born into the kingdom of God, you gave birth. Because we're not separate as we look at ourselves as a church. We are one as a church. We are his bride. And so we are his body. And so when we give birth, when someone gets saved in the church, guess what? We all gave birth to that person becoming saved in the church. And so today, I want you to know that if you become a part of God's church, You are his bride, and if you are his bride, you will not be barren, and you will have favor, and the way you will have favor will produce much children. Will you stand with me? Favored. 
you want to be favored by God, get in the church. You want to be favored by God, give your life to God. You can't just be favored by just saying, I'm blessed and highly favored because I went to church and I, re- and I prayed a prayer that God, I believe that you died and rose on the third day and I believe that you're God. Ah, that's not how you get the favor. God is specific in all that he does. And in order to get the favor, you must be born again. You must become a part of the church. Once you become a part of the church, automatically favor starts flowing in your life. And sometimes you don't even recognize it. It's so good. The favor is flowing so good. You don't even recognize the kind of favor that's going on in your life. But it's because God already said it so. And if you just trust the Lord into everything you do and just obey his word, his favor will flow. Believe me. Believe me. Listen to me. I don't care what you imagine. Let me tell you. One of the greatest things I've ever done in my life was I took my wife to Paris and then to Venice. And when we went to Venice, we stayed a, at a J.W. Marriott resort in Venice. Best hotel I ever stayed in my life, Bob. I enjoyed it, and I love the water, and I love boats. And so, you know, we got everything is boat in Venice. So, you know, to leave, to go to the hotel, you got to go on a boat. To, you know, to pull up in your hotel, you pull up. Like, you know how you park your car? Well, boats park right up in the hotel, and you get out. And, I mean, I had marble floors. I had the works. I thought that was one of the best vacations I've ever been on. I loved it. But guess what, Brother Bob? That still ain't more important to me than what I think God can do in my life. That ain't more important to me than what I think God can work through me and how much I delight in him. And that was top-notch vacation. I'm ready to go back to Venice. But it ain't more important. It ain't better. And I love that vacation, Brother Bob, but it ain't better. That's my point that I'm making, that no matter how much you think life is great, no matter how much you think you want to do and you want to accomplish, uh Baby girl here, you got your degree and you can go get your master's. Maja got her master's the other day and we can get our master's and we can get our doctorate and we can get that. And that's great accomplishment. And I know you set that in your heart and that's something you want to do. But I'm telling you, at the peak, at the height of whatever your achievement is, it still cannot outdo what God can do in your life. That's what I've learned about God. And so I've learned to put in position or in place my desires, my delights in God, my desires that I have. I I know where to put them because they can never be greater than what God can do in my life. Nothing. So that's why it's so easy for me to say, I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about that. Nothing impressed me anymore. I asked my son the other day, when will we stop? I forgot. What was he talking about? And I said, when, when will we stop? Like, every, we just keep on doing more and more and more. And I'm just like, when do we stop? When do we stop trying to go invent more stuff? When do we stop trying to make life easier? When do we stop? We got, you know, you remember we used to have the rent hotel that we had timeshares. Now they said we got Airbnb. I'm like, when do we stop? We chasing the wind because we think everything, the next thing that come out is the next best. We chasing the wind. Everything that we seem to seek that we think, oh, this is great. It can't top God. Remember what I told y'all. I will put my worldly resume up against anybody in here and out of here. I don't know if you follow that. Oh, my worldly, my worldly resume is strong. I wasn't suffering. I wasn't living no bad life. I was living good according to world standards. Okay? I put that resume up against anybody's. So now ask the question, why would he go to church? 
and then on top of that become a preacher. That don't make sense. Yeah, I know it don't. But you better investigate that a little bit more. Like, why would he do that when he had the world the way he had the world? Man, I think about that a lot. I said, how did I end up here? Because I know, listen, some of us had to come out of the world because we were doing boss bad, as we said back in my day, boss bad. And we were never going to make it if we kept on going. That's not why I came to church. I was living good. I wasn't no hustler, and my pockets always stayed like this. Ask my little brother. He used to steal my money all the time. Sorry, man. Lord, I'm telling an old secret in church now. I used to come home. I had a pocket full of money because I made good money. Put it on my dresser. He would pull out some money from out of the middle of my of my pile. You know, I had me a nice stack like this. He would pull money out of the... And, and I wouldn't know. I wouldn't even know he took money. My BMW is parked outside my house. I was living good. I went all over the world. What would make me go to church? That's crazy, dude. Why would you go to church? You were fine. I'm just saying. You need to think about this is why I can preach the way I preach to you that way. Because I know that out there. I know it. Keep on trying it. It will be the same old, same old. It never get any different. It's the same thing being presented in a different way. Because the Bible says there ain't nothing new under the sun. So it's the same thing getting presented in a different way. You not losing anything by deciding to give your life to God and get into church and begin to live for God. You, you're not losing anything. I'm telling you, an expert worldian. I don't know what else to tell you. I'm just trying my best to communicate to you where I came from and where I am today. And it's no comparison. So I'm just telling you, you're not going to lose anything. As a matter of fact, life is better now. I probably would have been too cool to go to Venice. But now that you're married and have children, you want to do the finer things in life. The things that mean something. If I was living that old lifestyle, I don't know what I would have been doing. Favor. Favor. You get in the church... And automatically, you will experience God's favor. If you will trust in the Lord, and you will pray the prayers that are according to God's will, and then you delight yourself in God, you will see and experience the thing that you need to experience. Bow your heads and let me pray for you before we go. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, Hannah taught us. She showed us, Lord God. How we ought to live our life when it's concerning the things of God. That when we pray, Lord God, we must pray the prayers that align with your purpose. And so today, Lord, I pray that each and every one of us from this day on, this moment on, as we seek your face and we seek after you, we will pray the prayers that are according to your purpose and according to your will. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, that the people of God will delight themselves in you. And as they delight themselves in you, all of their desires, the greatest vacation they want to take, Lord God, the money that they desire to pay off all their bills, the home that they want to buy, whatever it is that they desire in their heart, Lord, I pray that they will de- begin to delight themselves in you, that you can give them what they de- desire. 
I pray today, Lord, that these mothers will continue to experience the richest blessings of the Lord Jesus Christ and that the power of God will reign supreme in their life. Lord, let this day be just a glorious and great day in their life. Let the words that were spoken into their heart today, Lord God, transform them. Let the word that was spoken today, Lord God, cause them to experience the deeper things in God. I pray today, Lord God, that by the authority of the word of God and by the power of the name of Jesus Christ, that Lord, you will take each and every one of us from where we are and Lord, take us into a new dimension in you that we will never be the same again. Lord, raise us up, Lord God, to truly fulfill the purpose and the mission of Jesus Christ and that God, your will be done. I thank you today, Lord Jesus, for all that you're doing. I pray that the blessings will continue to flow and that the will of God will continue to be done. We thank you for this glorious day. I pray that somebody will surrender their life to you today. Somebody will give their life to you, Lord God, and says, I want to live for God. I want to become a part of the church. I want to be saved and I want to experience the favor of God. Lord, we thank you, we praise you, we honor you, and all these things we ask you in the wonderful and the holy and majestic name of Jesus Christ. Can everybody say amen? If you're another, if, if you're, 